0: Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. If God loves you, if God's for you, if God's good, amen. Amen. Well, hey, you guys may take your seats here in person. It is so good to be in the house. Can I get an Amen? Isn't it a good day to be in church? Hey, we love you. We appreciate you, and we're so glad you guys have joined us here. At a live family church, both in person and a hey, shout out to all you guys tuning in and watching online, whether it be Facebook or YouTube, we're so glad to have you part of our church family and joining us in this way as well. Man, we've got a great, great Sunday in store, a great lineup today. And I'll tell you what, I'm so excited. We are in week two of our series. We've titled Love Your Neighbor. All right. And last week, if you missed it, Pastor Erica kicked us off so well, just really encouraging us and kind of challenging us and stirring us up to literally love our neighbor. Like, what does that look like? Do we even know our natural neighbor, right? And really what she was getting at and kind of kicked us off and and led us into kind of the main verse in this series. She, We looked at what is known um, as the great commandment, and it's found in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. I do want to go there real quick uh, just because this is a foundational verse in this series. Jesus is speaking, right? It's red letters if you're reading your Bible, and I always perk up when that happens, and he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Then verse 31, he says, and the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these, right? And man, I pray that you are stirred up by that and continually are stirred up by that this month to, hey, maybe reach out and Get to know your neighbor. Like it's crazy the world we grow up in now versus back in the day. Like like everybody was just out running around and everybody knew their neighbor. Now it's like I don't know. You know maybe you maybe you uh, got to know your neighbor this week or or sent them a message or walked over and said hello at the mailbox or rang the ring doorbell and talked to them through a screen or did something did something took a step of faith right or get off my doorstep. It's like you know like maybe you just took a step and we're just challenging us, man. Do we know our neighbors and do we have love in our hearts? For our neighbor, like Jesus said, to literally love our neighbor. And um, today, we're just going to continue to lean into this loving others theme. all right? And why? Some of you guys might ask why. Because here's the deal. It is foundational to our faith, and I think it's a huge part of being a follower of Jesus is literally loving other people. And we're going to see that through God's word today and through experience today. But I love our God. He, he knew that we would get it mixed up. He knew that we'd overcomplicate things. And so he tried to make it really easy. Jesus came and simplified things. He said, number one, love God with everything you got. Right? Can you do that? And number two, love Others love people, right? He's like two things, all the law and the prophets, all those old 10 commandments, all that thing. If we could just love God with every fiber of our being and love other people around us, it will, will fulfill everything else. We'll take care of that, right? It's so important, right? It's easy to preach about and talk about. It's a lot harder to do, right? For those of you guys that join us in person regularly, you might even notice as you guys walk out of the sanctuary, if you look up above the TV, there's a sign that makes it real clear on what our assignment is this week. It says, love God and love people, right? Because we can forget and we can get complicated and overcomplicate things, right? And I found sometimes in my own life, maybe you can find this true, I found that sometimes it's easier to say to someone, God loves you, than to actually show them that. Does that make sense? Like, Like, I could flip and say, hey man, God loves you. But like to literally show them that truth that God loves them, I think that's a little bit harder, and that's the challenge. that's the thing we're trying to really wrestle with and journey out together as a faith community this month, is what does that looks like, right? And, and so we're going to dive into this topic of loving others, and I think it's really important, because in the world that we're living in today, man, I see so much I see so much, right? Like brokenness, a world that's hurting, a world that's divided, a world that's angry, a world that is skeptical, a world that is apathetic, right? I believe the world needs to see the love of Christ on display more than ever before right now. Just words, I don't believe, is ever gonna get it done. And I don't think Jesus even modeled and set it up that way for us to just say that God loves people. He modeled it that we would show it, amen? And so today, if your message note takers, if you like titles and whatnot, I'm going to keep it real simple and it'll make more sense in a second. But the title of my message today is show and tell. All right, everybody say show and tell. All right, let's pray. Ask God to open our hearts as we open up God's word and uh, let's dive in. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence here with us, whether we're here in person or online, there's no distance in the spirit. I thank you, Lord. You know exactly what we have need of. And Lord, we ask you to just move mightily, speak and encourage, challenge, equip us for the mission ahead as we are wanting to follow you, Lord Jesus, and and do what you've called us to do, Lord. Help stir our hearts with compassion, with love, and help us see through the lens of love how you see humanity, Father God. We thank you that we go deeper in our relationship with you today and that you challenge us and spur us on for love and good works in your name. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said, amen. How many, we're going to go way back, right? How many of you guys remember show and tell from school growing up? Come on, let me see a show of hands. How many of you guys love show and tell? Like, seriously, I'm a big fan of show and tell. Wasn't that awesome? Like, like bringing your favorite toy in to show your friends or, or your stuffed animal or even back in the day, you, like it bring, you could bring like live pets back in the day. Like, look at my, look at my Python that could strangle your neck. Like go, who wants to hold him? Right. It's like, you're like, Oh, I'll pass. You know, like you just, you could bring anything in. And you're like, you're like, this is amazing. Right. You know what made show and tell so cool? The show part, right? Like the show part was all about it. Cause if it was just tell, Hey, time to tell, uh, you could just tell all of your classmates and friends about this cool thing that you have, but they can't see it, right? And so it's not really real. They might space out. They might check out if they don't. If you're not explaining it well, right? Uh, you know what? Uh, on the flip side of it, you know what would make show and tell not so cool if they called it tell and tell. Hey kids, today we're going to do tell and tell. Can I bring it in? No, we're just going to tell about it, and then you're going to tell about it some more, right? And you're like, what? I can't, I can't bring in this cool thing or this action figure or this pet or this stuffed animal. I'm like, man, they gotta experience it. They gotta feel it. They gotta taste it. They gotta see it, right? He's like, nope. Just tell and tell, right? Like, how cool would it be? Like, man, I, I, I have this really cool thing at home. You can't see it, right? You just want to see it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you. You're right. I'm gonna Google stalk you, and I'm gonna show up at your door. All right. And, and I'm gonna say, I need to see it because it becomes real when we see it. Right. And 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 I'm gonna go way back for some, not not way, way back, but way back for, for some of you guys. Um, growing up, as I was thinking about show and tell and whatnot, I, I was re- reminded of one of my favorite things, my one of my favorite toys growing up. And and growing up, I was a huge teenage mutant ninja turtle nerd. Anybody love some turtles in their life? Come on, come on. Yes, turtles are where it's at. All right. So I was I was a huge fan, huge fanatic. Like, like I had the birthday themed parties, like the Turtles themed parties. Um, I watch the shows and the movies every day, right? Uh, my favorite Halloween costume was when my mom handmade me this giant Michelangelo costume, like literally a big head that engulfed my head and a shell and nunchucks. It was incredible. It was like 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 Pinterest worthy costume, all right? She worked like months on this thing. and And, and of course, you know, I have the action figures. Who doesn't love a good show? And then have the action figure as a kid that you can play with and do your own imagination thing, right? And and um, one of my uh, my my mom, you know, plus me and my brother, we, we accumulated all these action figures over our childhood. She had to obviously condense and purge and get rid of it, but she still to this day kept one bin full of all my best turtle stuff, right? Not all of it, right? but just my best, and literally to this day, my kids will go over and visit, we'll go visit my parents and she'll pull that out and they'll play with the turtles. Shoot, I still play with the turtles, all right? Confession, all right? I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and, I, you know, guy needs to get a life. He's quit playing with turtles, you know? Like there's nothing wrong with playing a little, little ninja turtle, all right? But but what I'm doing here is, hey, how many of you guys know that there'd be a huge difference between if I just told you about my favorite action figure And if I showed it to you, you guys know that there'd be a difference, right? What if I said, hey, my favorite Ninja Turtle action figure was the Michelangelo one? All right, he's the turtle. If you guys have no clue and no context, he's the one that wears the orange bands, all right? He's the one that has nunchucks as his weapon of choice, all right? God, I love a good pair of chucks, right? Like, like he could do and and he had a great personality. He was the party dude, he loved pizza, like like who didn't love. Michelangelo right now now some of you guys like I get it and I'm excited some of you guys like I could care less about what you're talking about right how many guys know there'll be a difference if I do this Hun, can you please help me out here here we go yes thank you how many guys know this is starting to become a little bit more real to you right now yes this is the original Michelangelo action figure from the early 90s all right if you were to be able to get really close and handle him, he's got some scuffs and nicks on his shell, front and back. That's because we did some serious combat with this guy. He got kicked, he got chewed, he got thrown. We might have ran over him with a bike, right? He kicked some serious foot soldier butt with this guy, all right. If I were to flip him around on the back, you guys could see that his famous nunchucks are on his back. Some of you guys look close enough. Something happened to one of his pair. Yeah, they snapped. That's because we did some serious chucking back in the 90s, all right? Like he, he had to crush some foot soldier butt, all right? And so this is Michelangelo. You can see him. You can touch him. You can feel him. Look at his bulging bicep. This is like a, a mutant turtle, not a wimpy turtle from your pond. Like he drank the green ooze and look at him. This guy's jacked. He's Jack Diesel, right? And he's ready to take care of the enemy. Big difference. You guys are laughing. Like, I love Michelangelo. Big difference than if I told you about him When I show you him, it comes alive. It begins to get real. And if I were to be able to pass him around to everybody, we won't do that, okay? Because it's mine, all right? Um, Cherish him, right? It's like, I want, what do you want in your casket? I want my Michelangelo. It's like, no, (laughs) just kidding. But this guy has some sentimental value to me. He becomes real. Erica's like, I can't believe you just said that. So'll probably throw him in there, like it's a real jokester. He's real because I showed him to you, amen. now you could have believed in him without me showing him and just telling, but it became real real in here and and faces started to light up and, and re- we started to reminisce of some of our childhoods and some of your kids' toys too when I brought him out and and, and I, you're like, where are you going with this catch?" I share that story with you, and I share that simple illustration with you because I believe the same thing is true when it comes to us sharing the love of Christ with others around us. I'll just chew on that for a second. You see, I think a lot of us, we don't even really realize it, but in the Christian circle and in church circles, we do what's called tell and tell, Right? Hey, God loves you. Hey, come to church. Come check out my God. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. We tell, 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 tell. He's good. He's your savior. He's your Lord. You need to serve him. You need to worship him. Tell, tell, tell. And the world's like, we ain't listening. We don't care. Show us, right? Or or we do this. We tell and we hide. Like, God loves you. Please don't ask me a question about the Bible. Please don't ask me about what I believe when it comes to the. Oh, gosh. Hey, God loves you. Don't talk to me, right? Or we, we, we play the, the cop-out social media, right? Like, God loves you, share a smiley post and like just disappear and be a different person, right? And, and, and here's the deal. God like stopped me in my tracks as I was preparing this week. He goes, that is not going to get it done, amen? Just tell and tell is not gonna reach a world that desperately needs the love of Christ. It's just not. And it's not Jesus's model. I'm like, God, show me then, like, take me through your word, like, let's go on this journey, show me that that's not the model that Jesus, yes, he did preach, and he did teach, and he did proclaim, and that was a huge part of his ministry, but there was a whole other part that I think sometimes we often overlook that is the both and proposition. It isn't just a tell thing, and it isn't just a show thing, it is a show and tell model, right? And as we look to the early church, and we look to Jesus, and we look to his model. I'm learning more and more today that building the church with Jesus is a show and tell movement. Come on, somebody. It is a show them and a tell them about it. Amen? It's not one or the other. It's a both and, and we're going to dive into that, and because I think so often we just look, we look a lot of times at Jesus's teachings, which are important. I'm not undermining the word of God. Like, literally, when the word is made flesh and that word speaks, you listen and you line your life up to it, and it will bless you. Amen. But when we look at Jesus's actions, his lifestyle, not just what he said, but what he did, how he lived his life, I believe the light bulb can go on for us. And we realize that, man, Jesus was often captured and his attention was often on people that had a need. Oftentimes, people that were less fortunate than him or people that just were struggling. They could have been great people, but they were having a bad day or a bad year or a bad life or a bad condition or whatever, and he would stop in his tracks, and he would listen to them. He would converse with them. He would serve them. He would touch them. He would heal them. He would be with them, and that was his ministry model. He didn't just say, I am the son of God, bow down and worship me. He showed the love of God and he told about it, right? And we see, as you look through, uh, if you go through the gospels, there's this phrase that wrecks me every time I read it. Often before a miracle or a breakthrough moment of Jesus's ministry, if you read a verse or two above what happened to the person that was receiving the blessing from God. It's Jesus was moved with compassion, moved with with compassion. That should be a phrase that we meditate and mutter to ourselves this week as we go through. Lord, where am I moved with compassion? Please move me with compassion. We see Jesus encounter two blind men along the road, and Jesus is moved with compassion, and he heals them and restores their sight. We see a man with leprosy that shouldn't even be near Jesus and his followers, and he comes and says, Lord, if you're willing, and Jesus is moved with compassion and says, I am willing and reaches out and heals the man with leprosy. We see the feeding of the multitudes, multiple places where that's talked about, where Jesus feeds a crowd. It says before he does the miracle, he is moved with compassion, right? And all the crowds that he ministers, he is moved. His heart was moved and stirred when he saw people in need. And he did something. He served them. He loved them. He actually showed them the love of God and didn't just... Tell it right, aren't you thankful, man? That we have a God who backs up and practices what He preaches. Amen. Like He didn't just tell the two blind men, "I have the power within me to heal me." He said, "Be healed," and He opened their eyes. Amen. Right? He didn't just uh, go to the the leper and say, "You know what? That skin disease is kind of funky, but uh, yeah, you should go see a doctor." No, He said, "I am willing be healed." He didn't say to the crowd, "You know what? You look pretty hungry. I'm able to provide for you." No, He said. Little boy, give me your lunch. And he multiplied it and he fed over 5,000 people. Amen? He was moved with compassion. And one of my questions to you and I today is simply this, kind of a reflection question for us. Are we moved with compassion when we look out the walls of our church and out our windows and and interact with people in our everyday? Is our heart moved? Or what moves our heart with compassion? I believe there's some breakthrough in that. I believe there's anointing in that. When we connect with the thing that makes our heart compassionate towards those people, God is moving through us. And what I've learned is what I'm compassionate about may not be what you're compassionate about. And that's okay. That's actually part of God's plan. Amen? Because he takes the whole body of Christ and he puts different compassions and passions on people. And when we come together, that's how he is going to reach all of humanity with his love and with his mercy and with his grace and with his forgiveness when we are moved with compassion. So where are you moved? But wait, man, I love this. We see in the scriptures that Jesus didn't just tell, he showed it and he told it, right? He didn't just preach God's love, he demonstrated it for all to see. And oftentimes, a little side trail, Jesus met a natural need in a person's life first and then connected it to the spiritual need. This, this would do us good as a church because sometimes we can get so caught up in just the spiritual that we're no earthly good to anybody around us and we're just speaking goo goo crazy language and no everyone's looking at us cross-eyed and they don't understand that, man, there's a God who loves them because we're always just focused on the spiritual. Jesus knew the key to every person's heart was meeting a natural need. If you're hungry, food is what you need. <laughs> You almost obviously you need the bread of life which is Jesus which is the spiritual need and that food will never run out but at first you need food right if you're depressed you need joy right if you're if you're sick you need to be well right amen right so Jesus encountered people and he met natural needs and it opened up the doors, like, the, like I say, it's the key to unlock the hearts for the spiritual need to be met, right? He met the woman at the well, and it was talking about a natural need of natural thirst. He met that, but then he talked about the river that never runs dry and then you would never be thirsty again and you would never hunger again when you taste of him, Jesus, right? So he took a natural need and then connects it to a spiritual. That is our mission as the church, to love and serve people around us and meet natural needs and help them connect the dots that Jesus is the one that meets their spiritual need, amen? And if we only get caught off in the spiritual, we're gonna miss the mission that God has placed before us. Because our mission is to share the love of Christ with everybody around us, to literally love our neighbor. And and guys, when I look at this, like, as we're entering this post-COVID world, telling people isn't going to be enough. Practicing what I preach, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk as a a believer in Christ is where the rubber's going to meet the road. You can hear anything. You can podcast anything. You can YouTube anything. There's so much noise in our world. There's so much content. There's so many sermons. Like, that ain't gonna impress people. It isn't. But a life changed by Christ that is moved with compassion to help people that need help, that gets people's attention. That puts legitimacy to a belief in a God that I can't see. Can I get an amen to that? And that preaches the gospel sometimes more than any sermon or illustration ever will. Our life, right? I love St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. What does that mean? My life preaches. The way I treat my spouse preaches. My attitude preaches. When I see something in need, I don't ignore it and expect someone else to take care of it. If I have the means to help, I do it. That preaches more than any sermon or any word will ever. We are living epistles, Paul said, and, 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 and that means we're like, letters and books that people are reading constantly, and they're seeing if God and our nature line up and preach the gospel. And so, man, I think, I think it's just important for us to mention this, that our Christian rhythms, our programs, our services can even get in the way of the real thing of loving and serving others around us if we're not careful, right? And this has been an issue for God's people from a very long time. This isn't just a a now and then thing. Like even back in the Old Testament, we see in Isaiah 58 where God gets all over his people for trying to be super spiritual and doing the right thing when it comes to prayer and fasting, yet neglecting people who are in need around them. We see this in Isaiah 58, verses six through nine. Let me read that for you. God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? What is that? He goes on to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wander with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then he attaches a promise to it. He says, when we do that, when we serve, when we love, he says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. I love that. Let us not be so focused on just churchy things that we miss why we are the church. The church isn't a building. The church isn't a service. The church is the body of believers who gather together. We are the church, amen? And we're called to love to serve and to give to everyone. Jesus has placed us in this community for such a time as this, to not play games and play church, but to be the church. And I believe we have a great opportunity before us. And sometimes we need to connect the dots like God does because sometimes we don't see serving other people as a big deal. Here's the deal, when you serve other people, you're not just serving some random person, you're serving a person that is a child of God. Whether they have connected with that yet or not or believe in Jesus or not, God created us all in his image and his likeness. When we serve somebody else, we're serving one of his kids, amen? And if Jesus takes that even a step further. He says, not only when you serve one of my people, one of my kids, you're serving me when you serve other people. Check this out. When Jesus was kind of talking about the end of days and at the end of our life, what it could be like, he shares in Matthew 25, verse 35 through 40, he says, will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me. When we serve others, when we love others, we serve and love God. It's beautiful. Guys, we gotta remind ourselves, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many and I've been so challenged recently if our Christian faith only revolves around us coming to a set time and location to hear a message then we are missing it that is not church that is not being the church that is what culture and tradition and religion has defined as church but remember church isn't a thing we are the church Right, We call this building, the Life family church, but the church isn't the building or the boards or the walls or the door or the parking lot. This is the church I'm looking at online and here in person. And I believe strongly that Jesus didn't shed his blood on Calvary so we could come in and sit on padded seats and sit our latte, sip our lattes and learn a little bit more about Jesus today and go out and live our lives like it never mattered. I think Jesus died for way more than that. I'm preaching to my own self, come on now. Do you believe that Jesus died for more than us to be comfortable he died for more of us than just us to understand and, and experience the love and grace. He died for everyone. He didn't just tell them, he showed them. Arms stretched out wide on that cross and he died for everybody, but not everybody is connected with that. And it's our mission and job as the church to find ways to share the love of Christ practically because that's what changes people. We can tell them all day long, but until we show out the love of God action figure, it's never gonna make sense to them for some people. And so now is the time to lean into that, right? And we know that Jesus said, hey, people will know that you are believers in me, that you're my disciples by my love. We see that in John 13, 35. Jesus said, by this all, that will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. That is so good. So did Jesus say that people would know we're the disciples by our church attendance record? By how much we give to the church. By the kind of stickers we have on the back of our car. No. By our streak of reading the Bible in our Bible app. Some of you are like, shoot, I need to log in so I don't break it, you know. We're religious creatures. We're creatures that have it, aren't we? You can actually, I'm competitive, so when I read the Bible, of course, I read it competitively, right? Shouldn't do that, but I I don't want to break my streak. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got this thing going for a long time. No. He didn't say any of that. Like, should they know that we're believers by our social media profile? Lover of Jesus, prayer emoji, fist bump, smiley face, unicorn. Like, no. He said he'd know we're his disciples and his followers by our what? What? Our love, man, our love speaks louder than words. Our actions speak louder than words. We got a world outside our window, outside our doors that is desperately seeking for truth, for love, for acceptance, for what's right, and they're looking for it in the package of love. And we have been filled with the love of Christ and it's now our opportunity to let that love out, amen? The world, I believe, is sick and tired of Christians telling them how much God loves them but then treating them like crap. It's time to rise up and give God a good name, amen? A Alive Family Church, can we be a church that represents Jesus well? To the lost, the dying, the hurting, to anybody. No matter where you come from, no matter what your orientation, your background, your socioeconomic status, Jesus died for everybody. He loves everybody, he's got a plan and purpose for everybody, his heart is moved with compassion for everybody. I don't know about you, that just Lights a fire in me, it stirs me up and it challenges the junk out of me. Like, so what are you gonna do about it? Right? Anybody YouTube anything this weekend? I do it like daily, right? How to change a lawnmower blade. I don't know. YouTube it. How to cook dinner when your wife says cook dinner. (laughs) I don't know. Right? Like, like I don't know. Are you guys are real. Like, I, 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 if you looked at my last five searches, they're think they're practical things of like how to do this because I don't know how to do it, right? And, and normally my response, maybe you're the same. I Google it first. We Google everything, right? Google's like God, right? It's like God. What, what would you say about this, right? It's like how do I do this? And when you Google it, the first hit is normally that one that has the steps after it, like the written instructions, right? Like take the mower and jack it up and use this tool, and it's step by step. Sometimes that's helpful. But a lot of times I just skip right past that, right? What do I do? If you click on the link, you go a step further and it usually takes you to a YouTube video. There's a man or woman that comes on and says, hi, seems like you're struggling to know how to change your lawnmower blade. I'm here to help you in 18 easy steps. Step one, and then the camera shows like, take this and do this. And I'm like, yes, I'm a genius. I could start my own lawnmower repair business because I YouTube something, right? And I just follow the steps because somebody showed me. Everybody say, show. Somebody showed me how to do it. And as I was thinking about this this week, I'm like, my goodness, thank you, Jesus, for this revelation. That's what God wants our love to be like to a world that desperately needs it. We might proclaim that God loves people and believe in that fact and that truth, because he does, and even be nice to people, but man, Could we be like that love Holy Ghost YouTube video image for somebody who's desperately hurting, dying, needing to know the truth, needing, looking for acceptance, looking for love, looking for purpose, looking for joy, looking for peace, looking for mercy and forgiveness and a second chance. May our lives and what we do be a beautiful video that would connect the dots for a world that desperately needs it. And they could be like, oh, I get it now. I can do this. I get it pray that example just really ministers to your soul because that's what god has called us to be as the church and i wanted to share this last scripture with you and give you a couple practicals and then we'll pray i love that jesus modeled and showed us the way he didn't just tell us the way it'd be good enough if he did tell us because he's lord and i would follow that but man he knew that we needed an example he knew that we needed demonstration. Right? A lot of visual learners in the crowd, amen? Yes, like show me how to do it. Let me let me feel it in time. Yes, that's how you do it, right? You'd only learn by, by demonstration, right? Don't just give me A, B, C, or D. Show it to me. Jesus demonstrated that, man, to love somebody is to serve them, is to go out of your way to help people in need. It's not just the disfortunate or less privileged. Everybody, there's a coworker that God needs you to love well right now. There's a family member or an in-law that God needs you to love well. There's a neighbor that might live on your left or right side or across the street from you that God needs you to love well. There's a child that God has placed in your life, whether it's your own or somebody else, that God needs you to love well right now. There, that God, we serve and we love God by serving others. And I love, I want to end with this, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. I love the challenge Jesus gives us. He says, It says that Jesus went through all the towns and the villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. This is powerful, guys. How many of you guys know the harvest is plentiful right now? There are people that need the love of God so much and they're right beside us. They're in our sphere of influence whether we've realized it or not. I feel like so many times we hear this verse as a Christian, we're like, yeah, let's pray that God would send people out. We're like, Lord, send people out into the highways and byways. And guess how the Lord answers that prayer? He says, look in the mirror. Who are those workers, church? Us. They're you and I. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, but we got a few workers here. We got a few workers that love Jesus, amen? We got a few workers that have had their lives rearranged and changed and experienced the love of God for themselves. We got a few workers that can go and do something with their life of eternal impact and purpose and significance. And so man, we are the answer to that prayer. And so Erica's gonna share a little bit more about Serve Day in a moment, but just wanna encourage you, man we've got a great opportunity ahead of us in the month of July, Saturday, July 10th, to serve our local community. All different types of needs. If you like working with your hands, if you like being more logistical, if you like to play behind the scenes, if you like physical labor, all of those different types of skill sets we can engage to help meet natural needs in our community with maybe the hope that a heart would open for a spiritual need, but we don't do it for that return. You see, we don't serve and do serve day so that we can try to get more people to come to our church. Just hear my heart. And I cast some vision for you. We do it because God loves them regardless of whether they ever come to church or not. Amen. Whether they ever even believe in Jesus or not, we're called to love. There was a story in the Bible where Jesus encountered 10 lepers and he healed all 10 of them. And guess what? Only one came back and said, thank you. Did Jesus get discouraged and say, our outreach didn't work, I quit. No, he kept healing. He kept laying hands. He kept worshiping. He kept serving God with his call, regardless of what they did. We do our part, we leave the rest up to God, amen? He fills in the gap. He's really smart. He knows what he's doing, and he can move in hearts when we just plant the seed of love somewhere. So I just wanna encourage you, as as you go out these doors today, we've got the booths set up on both sides, outside online. You can go to our website and see all the Serve Day uh, projects. If you've never served and done like a community service project before, it is so life-giving because you go, you're like, I'm gonna change the world and change these people. And guess what? You come out changed. God teaches you something in the midst and you get to really connect with the heart and the compassion of God. And so I just wanna encourage you as you commit to those, be faithful in those commitments, right? Don't leave room for the enemy. Be like, you know what? You didn't write it down. You signed up today. Your friend texts you the week of, hey, we're going to the lake house, boat time. Woo, and you're just like, yeah, I can't. I can't anymore. Like guard that. Let that be a sacred couple hours once in the summer. And some of you guys are like, we can't change the world, pastor, in one day. And I would agree with you, but we can change someone's world in one day. We can make an internal impact with something. And we're not doing serve day just to feel good about ourselves. We're trying to spark a fire. Can I cast some vision for you for a second? Our heart's prayer is that a, a wave and a flame of fire of love and service outreach would flow through our church in this next season so that we would all want to do what we're gonna do in July all the time, amen? That we'd be the church all the time, not just on the dedicated serve days, but we'd catch this, we'd do it in our everyday life and we'd do it more. We have a heart and vision, man. Wouldn't it be cool that every first Sunday of the month or Saturday of the month or every last Saturday of the month, it's serve Saturday. And a group of you that love serving, no matter what it is, get together and for a few hours, you go bless somebody in the community just because you love them. That would be awesome, right? We've had that in our hearts four years ago. But until the right leader steps forward and says, I got a heart and a passion for that, you can't start something if you don't have a leader for it, amen? And we've learned, we don't, we can't do everything. So if you've got a heart for outreach, if you've got a compassion for people, if you love doing that, just simply serve at serve day and let, let you get your feet wet in the water and let God do something powerful and check your heart. Is this a ministry that, man, I could really get behind and really help move forward in the next, next season? We, we would love that, but here's the deal. At the end of the day, we're called to love our neighbor, amen? We can only do that by loving God well. But when we love God well, he's gonna encourage us and challenge us to step out of our comfort zones and love others well. And so we encourage you to carefully consider what Serve Day project you might wanna be a part of. Amen, but let's ask God. We need, it's easy to talk about and preach. Yeah, we wanna love people. It's harder to actually put skin in the game and do it. So I'm gonna pray for all of us right now, myself included, that God would help us be the church to our community, to Livingston County and beyond. Amen, let's pray. Father, we love you so much we just thank you for your presence here with us today and we thank you for the model that your son jesus left us that he didn't just talk about it he didn't just proclaim it he didn't just preach it he showed it he demonstrated it he did it he backed up his words with corresponding action and lord may a live family church be a church known for its love Be a church known for its acceptance, known for a church that does what the Bible says. Would they know that we're believers, Lord, not because of a sign, not because of a cool thing, but because of the love that radiates out of the members that call that church home home. Father God, we ask you to stir in us, fan into flame. Put those embers into motion, Lord God, and stir in us a revival of love for our community, love for people, no matter their shape, size, background, or whatever. They are deserving of the utmost love because God created them, and they love them, and you love them, Father, and we should, we're share. we called to love them alongside of you. And so give us your love like you already have. Pour out your love in a fresh way. Stir us up for love and good works in your name, Father God. And I thank you. You lead us and guide us. On which service projects that you lead us to. Lord, whatever moves our heart with compassion, Lord, let's get behind that, and let's begin to be the church in a really powerful way and watch lives light up and change right before our very own eyes, Lord. We love you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greets that. Amen. Anybody stirred up and encouraged today? Come on. God, do anything? I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, so... If he's like, he's coming on a little strong today, it's for me. <laughs> Amen? We all can up our game in this area, but I want to end with just one quick thing. It's this. I love the God we serve, and here's why. He'll never ask us to do something that he didn't already do himself. He what a great leader. The best leaders aren't I, like, you should do this, but I don't, right? Like we wonder why, like parenting, like it's hard because we're like, kids, you need to do this and I do this, and they, they know that we do it in our lives. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Right? We need to show him. We got to show him, right? And God showed by sending his son to be just like us, to die on a cross. He literally stretched our, his arms on the cross and showed us how much he loves us he practiced what he preached he fulfilled the prophecies about him he is the messiah he is the living god and he is love personified it doesn't say god just has love it says that god is love if you need love in your heart and in your life receive jesus and that's the ticket to that everlasting love that never runs dry no matter how people treat you no matter what they say about you no matter what they do it doesn't trump the love of god amen And so we receive that by faith, simply by saying, you know what, Lord, I don't have it all figured out. But we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He comes into our heart, changes our life. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we confess with our mouth that God raised him from the dead, we could be saved. What does that mean? It means you could experience salvation for yourself, eternal salvation. When you leave this earth suit called the body, you'll go face to face with your maker and creator and spend eternity in heaven. And he'll also promise to help you here on earth while your days are still here and show you his plan and purpose for your life so you can eternally connect with that divine purpose. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you wanna be included in this prayer, I'm about to pray to invite Jesus into your life or maybe you did this at one time or one season in your life, but you haven't walked with God for a very long time. You wanna rededicate and recommit your life to the Lord. Don't let this moment pass you by. I believe God's speaking both in person and online. This is for you as well. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not gonna call you out or do anything weird. I just wanna know who I can invite in to pray this prayer for the first time or maybe for a second time. If that's you and you wanna be included, would you just lift up your hand real high so I know who I'm talking with or talking to? Thank you, I see it, I see it, I see it. You can put your hands down, appreciate you. God loves you. It's coming in in a powerful way. And as a church family, let's all just say this prayer from our hearts. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life full of your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.